0: Hello, and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Haj Asad, and with me, as always, is my good friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben.
1: Greetings, human listeners.
0: Greetings to everyone. If this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, thank you for trying something new. And if you're a last-time listener, we're sorry you're leaving. Right, Ben? Why? That... I have no, I
1: don't know how to respond to that.
0: Ben is my good friend. He's also an automotive journalist and you can find his work all over the internet. Ben, let them uh let them tell them where, tell them where you can find your stuff.
1: You can find my work at Motor Trend, at Car and Driver, at Driving Line and at Inside Hook.
0: Jeez, that's too many publications, man. You expect these people to go these listeners to just go through each one of these publications one by one, find your work and read it all? I expect you to know your role, Sammy. <laughs> I do know my role. You can find my work at autotrader.ca, driving.ca, Nouveau Magazine, Techspot, and EV Pulse.
1: There you go. And See, I can't do the intro. That's why Sammy does the intro. That <laughs> is his, his role is to do the intro.
0: Oh, yes, of course. My role is also to figure out how to segue from the intro and into the content of the podcast, which is cars. Or in this case, SUV, And right, o-
1: occasionally banter. Just pure banter.
0: Yeah. Like pure two banter. Hours,
1: two hours of banter
0: is that this week's episode? We've never I didn't done. have this I don't have that on the schedule. We've
1: never done a 2-hour episode. Not yet. I think my computer gets really really hot while we're recording and at minute 59 it just shuts down.
0: Yeah, so and, and we lose all the footage at that time too. Yeah, so I, I, there I, are unreleased 2-hour cuts of all of our of all of our episodes. You say
1: footage like there's a video component to this podcast, which is inaccurate, but I mean I'm I'm glad that um, I covered up the the, the the webcam with a piece of tape because i don't think I, your side is entertaining enough i know i, I know. guess is what I, i'm saying
0: it, i think you appreciate all of the gesturing and gesticulations i do when i'm when i'm just describing a car and all the
1: eyebrow work
0: well yeah i mean i have some pretty talented eyebrows so if i there can't was let a, them go to wave.
1: if there was something called the puppetry of the eyebrows i mean sammy's work on this podcast would be daytime emmy worthy
0: how many how many followers do you think a instagram account dedicated only to my eyebrows and the various positions they're in would are, would get are we talking like human beings or bots oh it doesn't matter i really. feel
1: like an eyebrow account would attract
0: a lot of bots so i will say
1: 900 people
0: slash bots um, if you came to this content this podcast looking for eyebrow content don't Welcome. worry <laughs> yeah don't worry uh we will uh that, that is pretty much the the the, the Fulfillment of our eyebrow content that you have here today, so you can leave now. Yeah, we're but-
1: sponsored by Casper, the eyebrow-stuffed mattress that you didn't know you needed, like every guest uh, on the market.
0: I haven't. You still listen to Casper-sponsored podcast?
1: Or HelloFresh, the eyebrow kit that you get every day, so that you ensure that your eyebrows are hello fresh.
0: Are you trying to get sponsors from these two companies, or are we trying to scare them away? I don't think that's how sponsorship works. I don't think you can just say the
1: name of a sponsor and then conjure it into being like, I couldn't just say um, Learjet sponsor me now, and bam, money's in the account, right?
0: Oh, it's Learjet! Um, okay, Ben, talk to me about some cars you've been driving, because you drove uh, one that we haven't yet discussed on the podcast, and it's a, let me get this right, a Mazda? Yeah, and we haven't talked about this yet. I, we haven't talked about this, and I don't think we've talked about many monsters other than the Miata for a long time. So,
1: uh, there's this kind of this weird trend these days for people who people for companies that are building you know like soft rotors like. Traditional crossovers that you don't generally think of as doing anything other than driving to work in the morning or going to the mall or whatever. And, and that's to build off road additions. Uh, we, we've talked about the wilderness. I can't, I can't ever since I had my wisdom teeth removed, I can't say wilderness. It's really hard and I don't know why. The wilderness editions <laughs> from Subaru, we had the Outback and the Forester. Um, Toyota's made a RAV4 TRD off road, which you talked about on the show. Yep. And of course, there's the Ford Bronco Sport, which is an escape with a, you know, a different body. And the appearance of being rugged. So this is kind of a I don't know whether people are really buying them. I don't know how popular. Or if
0: they're just if they're just making different ver- like more trim levels to to saturate the market. Yes. Yeah, right? so it's hard to
1: tell if they're popular or not. I mean I see them from time to time. And the Broncos sport is reasonably popular. But it's it's kind of snowballed. It's like one manufacturer started doing it and then another one decided to kind of fall in line and before you know it, there's five or six of them out there. Yeah. So the latest in these sort of And I'll get to that in a second, is the Mazda CX-50. And the reason I say sort of is because if you go to the MazdaUSA.com website, which does not have any eyebrow content, you'll find all of the imagery associated with the CX-50 is like fording streams or driving up rocky hills and doing off-road stuff and clouds of dust. And I think their television campaigns are similar and yeah. they've this is a vehicle that it's it's got like that kind of body cladding that you see also on every single one of these off-road crossovers. Yeah. And it obviously has a little bit more than that, which again I'll get to in a moment. But
0: the whole Tough thing evening later at later parts of the not podcast. No, it's my pleasure
1: to layer, Sammy. It's just how it works. I know. But the, the whole message behind this is CX50 is what wilderness is, is what TRD off-road is, is what the Bronco Sport is.
0: Which trail sport. You forgot about trail sport. What's trail sport? is it TrailSport Honda's version of it for the Pilot and the Passport?
1: I never even really thought. So the Pilot and the Passport are, are larger than I think what we're talking yeah. about now. So yeah, I, I don't – not really kind of – because, I mean, if you, if you start talking about that, then there's also – You just
0: erased, you just erased the, the thought of that out of your mind. But there's Nissan
1: Pathfinder too, and it, it's, I don't really want to get into the, the bigger stuff and, like, Ford Timberline. But uh, the small stuff is new. You, you, it's it's rare that there's been this many at the same time. Right. Um, in any case, I I pick up this Mazda. And my 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 I just,
0: not physically. That means you went and you got the Mazda. Well, you right? weren't there, but anyway. <laughs> well, you need to be clear to our listeners. I,
1: I just driven the Wilderness, right? I just yeah. the the Forester. So it's fresh <laughs> in my mind. Subaru is kind of the one that's gone the most all out, I think, in terms of making actual changes to the vehicle to make it somewhat better off road, and mm. uh, the TRD Pro from not TRD Pro, just the TRD Off Road from Toyota also kind of you know up there. And I'm expecting a similar level of effort from the Mazda. And, and what I discovered is absolutely almost no effort at all. <laughs> it's, and, and I want to quantify that by saying I think the CX-50 is a very good vehicle. But it's one that has been compl- that has completely misled potential buyers as to what it actually is.
0: Wait a minute. Come on. Talk to me here. You've got to talk to me like a, a normal person now. Because, again, all the imagery is it doing off roady stuff. Can it not do that? I don't think so. You don't think it can do any of the things that it's marketed for? I think it can do maybe like 10%
1: of those things. I think
0: going into gravel or some like like sand gravel or gravel is
1: not off road that
0: though. it's fine yeah, i mean but you could of- do that in a crown victoria it's not yeah. like <laughs> i know but i always feel like that's the case with these off-roaders is that that's the worst case scenario their owners will really will really get you know, into I mean, right? let,
1: me, let me tell you the stark differences between the cx-50 I, I'm, I'm gonna lay out why the cx-50 isn't what it wants you to think it is before i talk about all the good things about it
0: okay cool hit me
1: so the The CX fifty is essentially the CX five platform with about four and a half extra inches of wheelbase. And nice. Yeah, that sounds good. Exactly. Or maybe I'm talking about good stuff uh, <laughs> it, as well as the bad stuff. But the reason the reason I mention that is because it's a little it's a little longer. It's like I think over. It's like five and a half inches total when you include the bumpers.
0: Okay. But it's 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 lower. We tend to include bumpers, don't we? Well, yeah, but again you I mean, we talk about the length of a vehicle in addition
1: to the in addition to the to the wheelbase, which okay. is what's really well. important because you you do have a very spacious second row, you got okay. decent cargo space, but you have a lower roof line, so okay. it's more like a wagon than anything else in the Mazda lineup. How could they? It has a little bit less headroom than you'd want in the back, but I didn't really see it as a problem. I think if you were taller, it might be an issue, but it's not like a slope. It's not like a coupe kind of deal, a fake coupe. It's it's just kind of wagonish. Um, and it's wider because you have these flared fenders, the, the body cladding that I mentioned, the plastic body cladding. So. Yeah. That kind of gives it a more aggressive look than the CX-5. I think visually, it's fairly well differentiated.
0: Yeah, it looks good, I think. But. It does look like a Mazda Outback. Like, there's no way to say that, right? There's no other way to say that, right?
1: It, yeah, it kind of does. But it's, I don't know if it's as large. But okay. the, the, um. There's, there's only two more changes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to the beginning only two more changes two
1: more changes versus the cx5 when you start talking about off road ability. the first is yeah. it has like a half inch of or sorry a full inch I think of suspension lift something like that half inch a half inch or a full inch, inch. Full inch? Come I'm on to man. check man. oh it like it look matters look to you like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'll have
0: you I'll have you know okay I really care about that it's
1: one inch taller than a cx5 and, that's it.
0: <laughs> so what is the total it's, it's ground, else? There's what is the total
1: ground clearance then? It's eight point six inches, so it's about the size oh. as, like a Jeep Grand Cherokee or a Forester, like a, regu- that is a regular, a regular that is like, Forester. a regular
0: Forester, or is the regular Forester eight point eight? No, eight point six.
1: I yeah, it's like eight point right. six, eight point seven. It's in that range.
0: But so no, no additional ground clearance over the already established. Um, no. So it's 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 somewhat taller than the CX five, and that's it. And the th- this is where things start to fall apart. So. Mm-hmm.
1: It also the base model comes with like seventeen inch tires, but the model I drove it was one of the turbocharged models. There's like nine different trim levels for the CX fifty. I'm sorry, excuse me. There's nine different trim levels. Nine. Which is really surprising. There's a base naturally aspirated, I think it's one hundred and eighty seven horsepower four cylinder, and then the model I had is a two and a half liter turbo. Um, and that motor is God, trim 256 horsepower and 320 pound-feet of torque on 93 octane fuel. It's a little bit less if you're on regular gas. That's but too many trim levels. The reason I bring up all the trim levels is because if you look at... The the, the first indication that Mazda is not serious whatsoever about going off-road is the fact that the CX-50 rides on 20-inch tires. (laughs) Not only that, (laughs) 20-inch all-season standard tires. There's nothing all-terrain about them. There's no extra ability that comes here. They look nice because they fill up those wheel wells because of the extra ground clearance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the base model gets 17s, but they're also on regular all-season tires. This is every single other vehicle on the market. Yeah, That fills this role either has knobby all-terrain tires as standard equipment, or you can get them. I think the the Ford Bronco Sport, you only get them if you get like the Badlands edition. Yeah. But if you get the, the TRD Off-Road, I think they're, what, the Geolanders or something? No, the Falcon Wild piece. Yeah,
0: and the, and the Wilderness has the Geolanders.
1: Yeah, the Wilderness has the Geolanders, and... You you look at those trucks, and they're all 17, 18 inches maximum because that's pretty standard for an off-road tire these days. Yeah. And you notice the difference because of the diameter of the tire doesn't completely fill up the wheel well of the jacked-up truck. So it kind of mm-hmm. gives you a visual indication that this is a vehicle that at least is trying to give you some extra grip. Mazda, not at all. These are not tires you would take on a rock pile. These are not tires you would put through mud. These are just basic standard tires that you would use on the road. Um. Mm-hmm. The next problem, there's there are no special drive modes associated with the CX fifty. There's an off road mode co- th- th- that's baked in. I don't know okay. if the CX five has it, but it doesn't really do anything. It's not, there's nothing special about it. Like we talked about, how the wilderness has the different CVT with the different gearing, and yep. uh, the X mode has been reconfigured. And yeah, and I think.
0: Yeah, it has the same thing with their, like, uh, terrain select or whatever. So this
1: doesn't have any of that. It's just kind of like, okay, you're going to get a little bit more wheel spin when you're going off-road, and bam, that's it. Bam. And and that's the end of – you get the inch lift, and you get the sort of different off-road drive mode, and there's nothing else about this vehicle that suggests it is in any way a peer of any of the other soft-road
0: off-road options. Okay, there are problems here, but it can't all be bad. I mean, one of the things that um, that I think is trending as well in this segment is is overlanding, and that's something that I think um, no. Subaru no. talks about is that they have like a static um, load on the on the Forester that allows people to like camp up there. Is there. O- something like that on the CX50,
1: if your overlanding includes driving down a gravel road or yeah. camping in Walmart's parking lot you'll be fine in the CX-50. Perfect. If it includes anything else, forget about it. This is a vehicle that is in no way suited for off-road driving. It is a a false image that has been projected. Now, I want to stop talking about the things the CX-50 can't do because I want to focus now on all the really good stuff about this, which is, first of all, that engine is really sweet.
0: <laughs> this is a 2.5 turbo, right? Yeah, it is. F- and we've seen this in a number of cars now. It's av- And it is available in the CX-5. So, I mean, it you is don't good. have to get the CX-50 to get that engine.
1: And it is also matched with a six-speed automatic transmission. Normally, I would be like, six-speed, that's kind of not so great in a world where everyone else has kind of eight gears, right? Yeah. But compared to the CVT that you would find in any Subaru product, it is a <laughs> dream come true. Uh, the yeah, engine, I guess engine so. is, it's it's smooth. Power delivery is great. It's relatively quick. And uh, I had zero complaints uh, during, okay. my, during my time with it. Also, I found it to be quite comfortable. I found it to handle well. I really like how it looks. The interior is nice. It's really missing that extra step to kind of push it into the premium uh, world, which is where I think Mazda wants to be with the top mm-hmm. end of these trim levels. Because the, the vehicle I drove, um, I believe, cost around 41000 Okay. Uh, which is like that's the high end turbo the yeah. er, the starting price with the naturally aspirated four cylinder is about twenty seven grand so and it's not
0: far from the regular c x five
1: yeah because this is just – this is one of those, you know, how BMW and the Germans have their coupes. This is kind of like – Mazda's trying to do that with this. It's, it's kind of like their lifted wagon. So there's not a lot of differences other than the extended wheelbase, which I think kind of smooths the ride out a little bit in addition to giving you the extra interior.
0: Right. Uh, but so – I mean the question is, should the CX-5 exist alongside this? Do they not perform the same role?
1: No, because the CX-5 is taller and shorter. I think so. It's a little bit smaller for people who want a somewhat smaller
0: vehicle. Oh, so and is like cargo room different? Is you know headroom is, is definitely
1: headroom is definitely different in the back. I don't okay. know off the top of my head about cargo room. Uh the, the my biggest complaint about the vehicle, other than the fake advertising, which I which is neither here nor there. I mean, I mean
0: all advertising is kind of fake sometimes. Right? Yeah,
1: but this is really really more fake than most. <laughs> but my real complaint is the infotainment system. Is a continues to be Mazda's mixed bag of doing things where you sometimes have access to a touchscreen, sometimes you only can interact with it using the rotary dial, and you can't always tell when you need to do either of those things.
0: And I also have to add with that with that infotainment system, there are moments when it feels like um, you want to do more at the same time, like maybe have separate like split screens or something like that. And it might not be as easy to pull that off with the rotary with the rotary dial as it is on a BMW or Mercedes. Yeah, right?
1: Mazda is not about split screens. Mazda is about split inputs. <laughs> <They won't. laughs> so the the other aspect of that, though, the flip side is you get the the, the gauge cluster for the CX fifty, like most Mazdas, is just like a really basic analog gauge cluster, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. if you want to be a premium model, you have to catch up and go full LCD. Like pretty much. did think they used to
0: have like a central screen in one of those gauge clusters? Or well, there's a little gauges? tiny screen,
1: but it's it's surrounded by what essentially looks like a traditional analog cluster, yeah. and functionality is quite limited. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me, but again, I think that CX50 is kind of like Mazda saying, "Hey, we wanna we wanna make something special," mm-hmm. and they did that, but they neglected areas that. Keep them from really competing with the cars. I think they want to compete with. So, it's, it's not
0: important. That's really an important thing to talk about because yeah, we've seen Mazda slowly pushing um, upscale. I mean, we we saw that with the I think the Mazda 3 Turbo, uh, the CX 30, um, the CX 9 especially, and now the CX 50. And there's um, gonna be
1: there's gonna be a new CX 7 and CX 9 coming out that have like a rear wheel drive setup with an inline six engine. And that's, that's crazy. Okay. pushing even closer into that. So this to, to have the CX-50 exist without feeding into the nicer interiors that I feel will be in those two larger yeah. vehicles is a little strange. Unless, yeah. unless it's just a cost thing. Unless they're like, let's CX-5 this up as much as we can.
0: Yeah, I think that, may, that might make sense. But I do think that there's a mixed message to me when I look at... Um, just visually, I'm looking at the CX-5 and the CX-50 like they're occupying the same role. I think... They say that. I think they do that. I know you think that there's a little bit difference. In, there's, a, there's a difference in terms of either brand image or, or interior space. But I think that con- consumers might be really, like, thrown aback when they go to buy something and they don't know which one they want.
1: I I, I see it as an X3, X4 thing. I don't think mm. it's a problem for Mazda.
0: I think you can clearly see the difference between the X3 and the X4.
1: The th- Really?
0: You don't yeah.
1: y- y- you see that difference, but you don't see the difference between the CX five and the C- the, the CX fifty. Don't
0: make me feel stupid for saying that. Well, yeah, probably, I because don't.
1: I I the CX five is so much flatter. I think it's like th- two or three inches lower body okay. body height wise, and I don't mean lower riding because it's clearly okay. the suspension is lower is is an inch taller, but the okay. actual roof line is that much lower and it's stretched out. So when I look at it, um, it kind of comes across to me like when you have that compression of the greenhouse it it kind of gives the vehicle more visual heft. You know what I mean? Like, it it makes okay. it seem broader than it actually is.
0: Now, that's interesting because I think the CX-5 has um, a pretty premium element to it as well. When you jump in, you start looking at the materials they use and a clean, a clean interior design. I mean, near premium. I, I wouldn't, you know... It's okay. Um, and I'm worried that when you add this kind of, like, heftiness to the exterior of the CX-50, that you lose that... That impact
1: the, the if I was to make a comparison, the CX fifty reminds me of an all road more than anything else. Okay, except for I mean
0: I'm not talking. You mean about, an, it's, that's an Audi A four all road? Yeah, I mean, not
1: the not an interior quality, but I just mean the overall
0: package. Did there used to be a Volkswagen Alltrack? No. Yes, that was similar to this.
1: Kind of similar. Uh, I think the Alltrack styling was more aggressive in the off road direction. They, okay. they don't make the Alltrack anymore, do they?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I don't it's know what weird, weird because you know, I've been, <laughs> but I've
1: been driving all of these soft rotors, right? And the all track hasn't entered my mind once, which is weird because I remember going to the launch of that vehicle <laughs> on Bainbridge Island in in uh, off the coast of of Washington State, um, wow. a short ferry ride from what, Seattle.
0: So, where would you take the CX five to really push its limits?
1: Um, I would say a, a gravel road would probably. Probably push its limits pretty hard. Uh, some yeah. wet grass, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: When when you need to find that really good parking lot at the uh, parking spot at the racetrack, when you're
1: at the county fair and it it rained and you're like, oh man, am I going to be able to get back to the main road? Yeah, don't worry. CX50's got you covered.
0: And you're really pushing the limits of those all season tires. I I like this vehicle.
1: (laughs) I think it's, I I think it's, I was about to say, I think it's cool. I don't know if it's cool, but (laughs) I love that you were about to say it
0: and you stopped short. Like, you're just on autopilot. it's,
1: (laughs) It's maybe the coolest. Um, SUV you can get from Mazda, except for the CX-9, which I think is pretty good. Okay. Although, although yeah. dated, I think that's fair. Uh, they, but, you know, we're talking about, or you were saying, I don't know if buyers will be able to tell the difference between this and the CX-50, sorry, the CX-50 and the CX-5. Remember, yeah. this is the same company that had the CX-3 and the CX-30.
0: I don't know if they still do. Yeah, but those two vehicles look dramatically different than one. Did other. they like, One looked tiny and the other one looked... One was so tiny I could not
1: <laughs> even get in the back seat.
0: That's the CX three.
1: That was a mistake, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so, gone now. So that, that's that.
1: that's kind of that wraps it up for me uh, on the CX fifty. I liked it a lot more than I thought I did. I took it on a road trip, picked some stuff up with it, had a good time. Um, tires? No, not tires this time. It was a uh, an, a what's the word evaporator for my uh, air conditioning system that
0: I am putting in the Jeep. That's far more boring than tires. Is it? Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, I did something very interesting, something I've never done before, and I went all the way to UK- the UK, and I went to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, which is a wild celebration of like performance and motorsports. And Ben, if you've never been to this, I think you would be in heaven if you ever went. I've right? never been to it, and I was actually in London three
1: years ago while it was going on, and I completely forgot that it existed. And I was there with my dad, and one of my regrets in life is not going to Goodwood. Like, I just totally spaced on it. And it was like two days before we were leaving, someone was like, hey, did you go to Goodwood? And I'm like, what are you talking about?
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Well, well, what's even more interesting is I think when you look and you think about – um, these festivals or these celebrations of speed, you kind of like want to equate it to some of the events that we have in North America, like, um, the Pebble Beach Concourse or, or that whole Monterey Car Week, which can actually be very expensive. The tickets for the Quail at Monterey are like unobtainium. They're, they it's just not possible. While the tickets for the Goodwood Festival of Speed, I think, start at about 40 pounds, which is way more accessible than you would ever imagine, but right? what's,
1: the, what's the difference about, the, what makes this festival of speed so special? Like, what is this just the car show? Like, what is it? Yeah, so, I mean, you're sitting
0: on, first of all, you're sitting on um, the grounds of this, which is apparently where the Duke of Richmond, um, he hangs out. How many times and did you have to bow while you were there? <laughs> never, not once. Although I did, um, I did it anyways, right? Like, just to anybody who made eye contact with me. Um, but there's about 150,000 people who attend this thing. Um, and over the weekend that it goes on, um, there's like a hill climb that people do. It's basically this Duke's, um, driveway. Like that's the only way. How did this drive. get
1: started? Did, did one day the Duke just say, I bet I could get up that driveway faster <laughs> than you. And he was yeah. right. Cause everyone had to bow like every 30 exactly. seconds. So there's no way they could catch him. It,
0: it started back in 1993, um, he wanted to bring motor racing back to uh, the Goodwood area and the Goodwood circuit, um, because there's a circuit over there. Um, but he didn't have the the permit to host a race there, so he just did it on his own property. I mean, that's um, a true hero. <laughs> I know, I know. Do you know that there's
1: something similar, I believe it's uh, Reese Millen and his father uh, yeah. in New Zealand. They didn't have a permit to build a racetrack on their own property, so they built a driveway that was, I think, two kilometers long. And okay. it was just crazy twists and turns and all sorts of stuff. And every couple of, t- once or twice a year, he invites all of his r- motorsports <laughs> friends over, and they do timed runs on it.
0: Yeah. It's great- great. You essentially- can see it on Google Earth. Is- <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. This is essentially the same thing. I mean, the tra- the-, the hill climb is about, uh, is-, is 1,890 meters, so just under two kilometers. How many miles has- is that? Um... Uh, Less than one? Two kilometers? I mean, wait, no, sorry.
1: <laughs> leave me alone. It's got to be like just over one, I think, right? Yeah.
0: Why don't I know my kilometers? I mean, why don't I know my... Because you've been bowing to some one, duke somewhere. Yeah, 1.17. Point, one point one you leave my duke my duke bowing out of this. I right? wish I could. So, um, and, and you know, there are race cars that go up this hill there are production cars that go up this hill there were drift cars on display which was really fun to watch um there were concepts there are lots of electric vehicles i saw all sorts of wild things and uh, the reason i was there was cuz i was a, i was there as a guest of Porsche uh Porsche has debuted debuted a new uh LMDH race car do you know what LMDH is i absolutely do not <laughs> It's a new port- prototype racing class that is supposed to be going in um, IMSA sports car racing and the World Endurance Championship. So this is a new um, vehicle. I think it's going to replace the old Porsche 919, which won uh, the 24 Hours of Le Mans like four times in a row or some garbage like that, something insane. So they're like, this car is too good. <laughs> yeah. We want a challenge again. Well, no. I believe that they the the those racing series, this LMDH is like all new. And they have new regulations. There are currently a lot of, uh, a couple of race cars already competing in this, including, I think, um, Alexis and Acura a B- and a BMW. So they're there. And, and I think now there's a couple more coming out. No, a new BMW is coming out. A Cadillac is coming. So automakers are jumping back into this style of motorsports. And one of the big, um, interests here is that these are hybrid, um, powered race cars. So, um, hopefully it will develop some sort of, um, Experience with hybrid performance race cars—that'd be neat, I guess. Right. Anyways, I was there. Um, a bunch of other cars showed up. Uh, the, the every year the Festival of Speed is uh, honors a an automaker. This year it was BMW, and BMW, and the honored automaker has to like has this huge display, um, not like a, like a auto show, but like a sculpture that uh, commemorates their either their racing history or something about them. So this year was BMW and they made these this statue. It's this massive statue, um several stories high and it had a bunch of uh the race cars on it. It looked like uh they looked like little race car pop lollipops, which I thought was neat.
1: So what was the most fun part of attending the Goodwood experience for you? Oh my god, just the
0: Accessibility of it all, and um, and and like automotive enthusiasm, right? Like we, I think you grow up thinking that automotive enthusiasm is kind of like this niche corner where you kind of whisper with your other car buddies, like I like cars, and that's it. We didn't whisper. Um, yeah, we whisper. We're like, hey, so do you like cars? Yeah, I like cars. Let's talk about cars, right? Well, you, you're not the you're not going to be talking about it all day at the at the during school or at the parties or whatever, right? It, it never seems to make you. Feel like you're the coolest person in the room. I don't know, man.
1: When I was a kid, I think that my friends talked about cars all the time.
0: Well, maybe you had you had a different uh, community. Some, than some I did, friends, clearly. some
1: of my friends did. Other friends didn't care. Exactly. But, but I mean, if, when you're with your friends who do care about it, I mean, it's not like it's the secret. No, you make it sound like like you were in some repressive regime where you 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 <laughs> you would meet up at midnight and hand off a Hot Wheels on the like, street corner, and then you never make eye contact. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was it felt similar to that, right? Um, and, and I think I think even now people are being told that you know you know those cars that we used to love or we do love are bad for the environment. We really shouldn't be praising the V8 and the, all those emissions and motorsports and this excessive thing. Um, when in reality, it's it's something that makes us just happy, right? And so seeing all these people at the event is one thing. Seeing the parking lots of this of these events is another show in itself. And I mean, you're seeing. Wild vehicles. You're seeing Alpina 8 Series. Do you remember? Not the new 8 Series, but the old 8 Series. Do you know what I'm talking about yeah, with this? Yeah, I know what
1: you're talking about. It
0: is, and I think that's one of the rarest vehicles, like, ever. Um, even then, you, you get, um, I saw, a, I mean, I, I know they might not be enthusiast mobiles, but I saw, I saw more Lamborghini Urus. Um, parked in the, in the parking lot than I've ever seen in my life. And same with the Lamborghini. You know those Huracan STOs, which I thought were like limited edition or limited production? I saw at least like four or five of them. I think you get around. an Urus
1: every time you buy one of those. I
0: think you're right. Um, and then of course, watching the hill climb. And I even got to ride shotgun in a vehicle riding the hill climb. Porsche put me in a GT4 RS, one of the, uh, actually the first right hand drive, um, GT4 RS, I was riding shotgun, uh, which may, made it feel like I was actually driving the car just without a steering wheel because I'm used to the steering wheel on the other side of the car. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, um, I'm following. <laughs> you're following. I'm and sort of following. Uh, we went up the hill, and I'm telling you, it, it is just, um, what I say, 1.1 1. 1. 1 miles, but it goes by in about uh, just over 40 seconds. It's, it's unbelievable. It's so cool. And I saw this hilarious little electric car called the McMurtry? I think it's the best way to call it. I think that's the, the McMurtry's uh, spiraling. When
1: you say hilarious, what does that yeah, mean?
0: it is this tiny thing. It was uh, Its its wheelbase is um its entire length actually is 126 inches, which makes it like a Chevy Spark. Like that's how small it is. Um, and it, it's this all electric tiny little sport uh, race car that has these fans that are designed to to keep the car uh grounded like it provides you know sort of additional downforce
1: thing, rotating fans like the old F1 cars
0: yeah but like or not F1 sorry i it might have been was, F1 were they f i think they were f ones and this thing broke the the record um of the hill climb they did that hill climb in 39 seconds how especially. how fast did the duke do it in <laughs> the duke uh i don't think he i don't even think he tried he, he i didn't see this duke i would have loved to see this duke um i don't even know i think he watches everything from um a building on the on the ground what about the ghost of the duke like
1: the original duke how many dukes are there
0: <laughs> i don't was know there a I'm, duke not a, count? I'm not a duke expert um another crazy thing i saw was this vehicle called the pro drive p25 do you know what this is it's a subaru right a subaru is, race car it is kind of like a subaru if you took the old 22B and completely changed it to be um, to have a carbon fiber body, um, cost over five hundred thousand dollars, and only twenty-five of them are going to be built, and it uses a uh, an, EG, an EJ twenty-five uh, rather than the two-liter ones that they used to have.
1: I owned a Subaru that once cost me five hundred thousand dollars over the course of time.
0: I would believe that, um, but seeing that in person, it just does look really cool. It looks really clean. It looks really modern, despite it using a, an old body. It has that same gravitas that I think a singer Porsche has, where you're like, I'm looking at, I'm not looking at something old. I'm looking at something um, special, and I think that's pretty cool. So with I saw all sorts of cards, man. I would recommend anybody going to this if that's what you're going to ask me to go. So right. the t-
1: the the tickets are only forty pounds, but the 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 plane ticket to, yeah. <laughs> to get to England
0: yeah might write you and, a bit more. And uh, getting to the event and out is uh, is hectic. Like the roads around the the grounds are not really multi lane lo- roads, right? Like so, there's a lot of traffic getting there. Um, we actually camped very close to the to the. Um, Event, which is I think kind of rare for a for an automotive program. You were in a wanna, yurt, right? Yeah. Usually they want to put you up in in you know the most comfiest of, of setting. <laughs> would you have described it as a
1: luxury yurt?
0: Yeah, I would call it a luxury yurt. How many stars on Airbnb for this yurt? <laughs> <laughs> of all of the yurts that I have um, spent time in, and I, and I think you know me, I'm not one for camping. I'm not a big camping fan. Um, but this was it had all the amenities I needed. Um, so yeah, did it started. have running water? Yeah. It did? In the yurt? No, not in the yurt. Oh,
1: okay. Well, I'm sorry. I thought, you know, running water was an amenity you needed, but now I'm amending my visual, my my mental uh, envelope of what Sammy's needs are.
0: I had to go and put little slippers on and run out to the bathroom.
1: That's funny. When I, I remember I went to the Sea gathering, uh, six years ago, maybe. And it's like this huge Volkswagen thing that takes place. I think it's in Austria. Um, it's it, we're near the German border, but I'm pretty pretty sure it was in Austria. But it's it's on this big lake, right? Mm-hmm. Werthersee
0: is a lakeside town. I've been told I've been told that Werthersee is just as crazy as this.
1: So we stayed. The reason i bring bringing this up is because we stayed in cargo containers. <laughs> oh, that, that's wild. They had that's these cargo co- these cargo containers on the shore of the lake, and then in the morning, yeah, there was no water. There was a battery powered light, um, and then. <laughs> In the mornings, we would get in a motorboat and we would <laughs> drive 25 minutes across the lake to sea because, as you described, wait, it,
0: would they just load your sh- shipping container with you in it? On no, a, on with a, a, a boat? giant crane. How cool would yeah. that have
1: been? No, it was uh, it was actually a pretty a pretty sweet boat. Um, and, I'm, and,
0: I'm being trafficked. And, <laughs>
1: yeah, we'd be trafficked that way. There was just no way. Oh, I'm being trafficked. Okay, I get it. Uh, yeah, there was no way to drive there. It's just too many too many Volkswagens, Mostly golfs, but also Jettas. So it was uh a similar experience, I think.
0: I've heard. I've heard. Maybe that's the next one for me then. Because this this I've heard so many things about it. Um everyone kept telling me you're gonna love it. And they didn't really specify exactly what I would love, why I would love it. So my imagination is pretty big, it's pretty it's pretty creative, but I never imagined anything like this event. Truly. It was like um it was like being at the Forza Horizons Festival in person. Like, it, there's just cool cars everywhere. Everyone is loving cars. You hear and smell everything to do with, with vehicles. Um and, and there's rare vehicles everywhere. And you just go, wow. And then the person next to you goes, wow. And you kind of, like, high five. Like, you just saw the same cool car, and you both appreciate it. So it was fun. I would really recommend it if you get the opportunity. Um I'm, I think that... These kind of events are rare, and uh it made me just fall in love with being an enthusiast again.
1: Is there anything else that you want to uh talk about for Goodwood, or or bring up for this week's episode?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. Should I? I don't remember you. You. I didn't intend to catch you off guard with that oh, question. Oh goodness! I'm expected <laughs> to talk about things of things of I, interest. Yeah, this I'm... is preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's all I got, man. I think that's that's good enough. No. <laughs> I mean, sure. If you want to hear
1: more good enough stuff, then I recommend you check out our past episodes, which are also occasionally good enough. They can be found at unnamedautomotivepodcast.com. If you go to the website, there's also a bunch of buttons that allow you to subscribe to uh, our podcast on whatever podcast service, podcast catcher you're using. Uh, Amazon, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. You can also leave us some feedback there. There's a, a contact form. That uh, lets you ask questions for a future episode or comment on any of the past episodes that you see there. And you mm-hmm. click submit, and that goes right to our inbox. You can also email me the old fashioned way. It goes to me, Benjamin at BenjaminHunting.com, or reach out to us on social media. Sammy, how can they find us on social media?
0: Well, they can find you on Instagram. You're at HuntingBenjamin. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Sammy underscore hi, like you're laughing. Can I just add? One of the one of the things I always thought about when we were doing our our outros is that my dad used to uh, download the podcast just to his computer and like listen to it on his laptop or something and carry his laptop around the house while listening to it. You can definitely I, do that on. the And I was on the like, no, there are apps that you can do it. And he was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. So I think when we tell people about the buttons on the on the website, I'm always imagining my dad being like apps huh maybe that will work <laughs> like he, and then he's just gonna download the apps on his desk on his laptop and be like it's still not it's the same Well, you thing. can
1: listen <laughs> right from the website if that's how you prefer to do things you don't even have to do the downloading <laughs> step like sammy's father you can just hit play and and that'll work too
0: i love my dad and uh, i can't wait to talk to you next week ben what are you driving next week
1: i'm driving the completely redesigned finally 2022 toyota tundra pickup
0: And I'm driving a vehicle that has a badge that seems inspired by a pickup. It's the Porsche Panamera Platinum Edition.
1: All right. Can't wait to hear the tow rating on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody.
0: Take care.